you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football podcast. I'm Will Selv, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Week 5 gave us everything, from all four rookie QBs getting a win to an all-time record-breaking performance. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Week 5. Odell not regretting any of those comments made. Nate, Yeah. do you think that what he said is helpful to the team? Well, it's hard to break it down and say what he said because there are so many things said. I mean, the interview had Lil Wayne in who just dropped an album, so I'm pretty sure it was more than just sports um, that was talked about with that sit-down. I will say this. You have to kind of compartmentalize it. Pat Shermer saying this galvanized the locker room or will galvanize the locker room. I believe when he's talking about heart and passion and grit, yeah, that stuff does galvanize the locker room. If anybody has a problem with Odell saying that, then you got to have a problem with uh, Aaron Rodgers saying it or Tom Brady or any other superstar that gets paid a ton of money. It's like Peter Parker's uncle who said with great responsibility mm-hmm. um, comes uh, great powers come great responsibility. With great money comes great leadership. And I think Odell for the first time has taken that role. The one thing I don't agree with is when Josina asked him about Eli and he says, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, he can't get out the pocket and, you know, we'll see what happens. Does he have a few more throws in him? Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's him being honest because we'd all be lying and contradicting ourselves if we said that we didn't say that at one point this season mm-hmm. that Eli can't move and he's, and, he's, and, he's, and he's not getting the ball downfield. He missed Odell on 10 passes going into this game. But I would say to Odell, just keep that in-house. Like, answer the questions generically. Hit him with a cliche. You know, that's my guy. I ride with him. He's a legend. He's going to the Hall of Fame. 
And then you get into the locker room and say, Eli, man, I need you to give me the rock. We're having problems. So that's the only thing that I would say I have a problem with the interview. Everything else, I'm good with. I love the honesty. Every other player could be honest. When Odell does it, it's like, oh, here he goes again being crazy Odell. No, he's just being honest Odell. The fact that these guys fell short of expectations going into this game, the fact that they haven't scored 30 points since 2015, the fact that the Giants, quite frankly, for lack of better words, look trash up to this point, that's what galvanized this team, not the words of Odell. So did he help? No, I don't think guys read the article and said, hey, this is going to help us win this game. Mm. I look at it this way. The first four weeks of the season, we were talking about the Chiefs, talking about the Rams, talking about these exciting rookie quarterbacks. Forget losses and wins and catches. Odell Beckham hates being irrelevant. And he was irrelevant Mm. the first month of the season. He had nothing to do with the season. And for him to sit down with Josina Anderson and Lil Wayne and take down his team, to me, he was just trying to be relevant. And he's relevant again. Here we are. You're one and four. We're talking about you, Odell. Mm. Listen. We, we take shots at Odell in the media. No teammate ever does it. The teammates love him. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Odell speaks out and then addresses the team right before the game, and all of a sudden they're scoring, they're fun, they're almost – they lost in a 63-yard field goal, basically. They won that game. Yeah. You can say finito. How about some puntos and el partido? Yeah. All right, el hermanito Eli so was it, good. it helped? I think it did. Yes, I do. I think, I, I think he lit a fire. I think he changed the energy, changed the mojo. All of a sudden the team looked completely different. I can't see it as a coincidence. Aaron Rodgers does it all the time. Yeah. He talks to the media so he can talk to his team. Mm. All the rookies, the quarterbacks, got wins. So let's include Baker Mayfield in this, guys. Darnold, Rosen, oh, and Allen. We just saw those highlights. Peter, who impressed you the most quick? Baker Mayfield. The, the Browns do not beat the Ravens. That's just historically. They don't get it done. They found a way. Mayfield wins again. I don't know what it is. He just makes it work. I'll go with Josh Allen had 82 yards passing. 82 <laughs> yards passing, and he impressed me the most because Baker's so cool and he's dripping with swag, and Josh Rosen's so sophisticated and interesting. Josh Allen's in front of his home fans saying, get up! Get up in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. I love his it factor. All right, I'm going uh, Sam Darnold, going up against the Broncos. Uh, Sam Darnold playing against yeah. Chubb and Von mm-hmm. Miller and that, that pass rush and those DBs. He was going right over the top of them. I mean, Robbie Anderson had himself a day, hit him beautifully on two passes. But also, Isaiah Crowell, leaning on the running game and knowing where your, your bread is butter. Shout oh, out man. to Sam Darnold. Rosen was under pressure all day. That offensive line, the run game could not get going, and he somehow gritted out a win. That incredible pass to Christian Kirk yeah. that you're talking about. They never gave the lead back, and the Cards got their first win of the season. Looking at the Chiefs team, Nate, offense, I feel like we know. Did you learn anything new, though? Yeah, I I looked at that defense, and the defense stepped up because all they were hearing was, Pat Mahomes is so good, and this offense is so great, and it's so creative. If they just score points, it doesn't matter how many points they give up, they're going to win every game. And I feel like the defense heard that. They probably put that on the bulletin board and said, all right, nobody cares about us. Nobody's giving us any respect, so we're going to go out there and dominate in a way that sends a message across the league. Of course, that offense wants to send a message to that Jags defense, but that defense sends a message to that Jags offense and across the league saying, listen, we have the capability to shut you down offensively and if we can do that while putting Mm. our offense in the best position to score points nobody's gonna beat us because in this game Pat Mahomes didn't play perfect he didn't have the game that we thought he came into this game as we know 14 touchdowns zero interceptions and he had two picks in this one what does that mean that means the defense had to set us so for those who question the defense going into this game and going into the rest of the season they're saying all right we're catching our rhythm now we can balance out this team in a way that you're going to have to show us respect equally they will not be stopped if their defense plays like this. No. They will and, literally will not be stopped. And there's a huge distinction over the first month. Are they a really good show or are they a really good team? They're a good team. They're a great team. I love that we saw Mahomes bleed. I want to see it. I, you can't show up and expect to throw three and four touchdowns every week. It doesn't work. 
did not throw a single touchdown, threw an interception. And I think the Chiefs D is A, tired of hearing about Jacksonville's D, and tired of hearing about their offense. You know, in a way, I almost like it that they had an ejection for punching because they showed a toughness and a tenacity that we are not out here. We're not the Mike D'Antoni sons. We got a little New York Nick in us right now. See what I'm saying? (laughs) I like that they showed a different shade. I'm sitting here condoning a guy punching. Not really, but I condone the toughness, and I love that they got up after bleeding. Their pass rush was incredible. So, like, Chiefs looking good on both sides of the ball. Now talking uh, the other side with the NFC West and the Rams and the Seahawks, you were with this team for preseason. You were calling the games. I mean, it's kind of tough to think that you learned something new, Shrey. I did. did and, and, Kate, what I say coming into this season about the Rams on this show, I said their depth is going to be their issue. If, if they stay healthy, no one's stopping them. Well, Brandon Cooks goes down. Yep. Cooper Cup comes down. Yep. And Josh Reynolds and Cardero Hodge stepped up in the fourth quarter. Josh Reynolds had two catches for 39 yards. He had a fly sweep run for 10 yards. And then Cardero Hodge makes a 14-yard play. And here's the thing. Last year, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They had this amazing victory. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Vikings. They beat the Falcons in these heroic games. Week 15... They went into the, to the Meadowlands, and they beat the Giants, and they didn't play their best. And they were, they were beaten up a little bit by the Giants, but they won 34-29, and they found a way. Super Bowl teams have those games where they don't dominate, mm-hmm. where they don't play their absolute best, and they still find a way to win. To go into Seattle with all those injuries, with those questionable calls, there were a couple bad calls yeah. on that one. Yeah. And to still win by two points, I think those are the victories you circle and say, we need to see adversity. We need to look at those games. Because when they came into this game, they were plus 73 point differential. Blowing everybody out. They also hadn't left the state of California. They come back now saying, hey, we bled a little bit. Yeah. But we still had enough. And we've got guys on the bench that we can rely on when needed. I love that win for the Rams. The Seahawks lost, but I loved the loss for the Seahawks. Is that weird to say? That's what okay. I learned. I learned you still Why don't want to play them. You call them the big brother. And, you know, obviously the Rams got the win here. But whether you're in Seattle or not, they're 2-1 and one in their last three games they are looking more well balanced than I've seen them recently Russell Wilson doesn't have to do it all they're running on 57 percent of their snaps they're handing it off both Carson and Davis have had 100 yard games this season I love seeing that I don't want it all on Russell Wilson I like that he's connecting with Tyler Lockett when he can but you're looking at that defense step up and going into this this week they have a number seven defense they lose Earl Thomas I'm like how's that going to affect things they stepped up they made plays I know this isn't the old Legion of Boom, Stout, maybe attitude, identity of this defense, but they're still doing it. I mean, Todd Gurley scores his touchdowns, but they did their thing, holding him to just 3.4 yards per carry. With a guy like Todd Gurley, that's not easy to do. I still think you don't want to mess with the Seahawks. Guys, this is kind of sad. This is what you're looking at. The teams that only have one win of these one-win squads. Which one do you feel like it shouldn't be on the list? Maybe they won't be on the list after a couple of weeks. Who's going to turn it around, Nate? The one-win teams. What was that list again? It, it popped up and left me really fast. There's a, a, a bunch of them. Uh, okay, let me see that list again because I have to give this some thought. Let's um, do it. For me, I'm looking at the Falcons. Um, Are you really? Yeah, I, I, I am. <laughs> Just threw a dart at the hey, screen. Hey, listen, it was 5 a.m. when I made my selection, all right? And listen, I'm looking at the Falcons because I know when you're watching the Falcons this year, you're saying Atlanta can't stop anybody. They're giving up so many points. But when they're playing well and they're playing at a high level, that doesn't concern me because their offense is good when they're playing well. A couple weeks ago, it was Julio, it was Calvin Ridley, as Mama Sanu. All these pieces that we thought could make plays, all of a sudden making plays. But when they get shut down, and then they're giving up so many points on defense, that's when you think to yourself, this isn't even a playoff team. And it's crazy because I've thought two ways about this team this year. They can make the playoffs, and they can compete with anybody. These guys don't deserve the playoffs. I've thought that. And that is the wrong thing to think about such a team 
that's as talented as last three weeks they've been up 40 so points. points. You, they can turn that's, it around. That's what I'm saying. And that's they division. That's why I wouldn't pick them. Mm-hmm. But then it's even division. with that said, they score points too in bunches. But it's just not consistent. And the teams that that struggle with consistency, I can't find myself to lean on and say, well. Just because they're Atlanta Falcons and they've been there the last couple of years and they know what it's like to have brotherhood and fight. And I, I'm, not, I'm not with all that. I, I see everything at, at face value and they're too inconsistent. They are just wildly inconsistent. Right okay. I like the Arizona Cardinals. I'll tell you why. They went 0-4, but I talked to people within that organization and like they were very upbeat going into this week. I don't have locks of the week, but like I felt very confident yeah. that they were going to go on the road and win because Rosen... The rap on Rosen going into the season was he was an arrogant kid. He's kind of aloof. He's kind of pompous. Everyone that I talked to in that building, from the head coach to the general manager. First play from scrimmage. To every teammate that I've had a chance to, says this kid has come in and he has been humble as heck. And he demands leadership, but does it in a nonverbal way. The players love him. And to me, that's something I would hang my hat on. Say, okay, we started off 0-4. It's still October. This division is going to be the Rams, sure, but we're still a playoff contender here at 1-4. and four. They like their quarterback. They obviously have leaders on offense, and their defense has played well all season. New coach, new quarterback. I'll bang on that and say that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes a little while to get going. But last year, Garoppolo won five straight games on the season. It. Why not a team start going on that run in October as opposed to December? I like the Cardinals. They didn't look pretty. They haven't looked pretty any game. I'm like saying what type of turnaround? I'm talking that this team could start winning some games. Mm-hmm. So winning some games. I don't know if they're good. 500. 500 is doable. Yeah. So 136 teams in under this current playoff format uh, have started this season one in four. Nine okay. have made the playoffs. That is 6.6 percent mm. on that list. Yeah, Kyle Brandt, do you, you see? No, I'm not answering. Oh, okay. This. I I'm, thought you. Okay. Uh, who do you see that could maybe be a playoff okay. team? Um, make a dent or turn right. it around. Bring up the list again. Oh, yeah, the list. Yeah. <laughs> the list. The list. No, no. Take your pen and I, I throw know. it at the screen. I, I, I got it. I got it. Like Nate's picking out a goldfish shirt before the show. Um, <laughs> he had bees busy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got priorities. They're koi fish. Uh, koi fish. Right. It's expensive koi goldfish. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say New York Giants. Expensive I'm going to say the New York Giants. Fish. That's all I'm going to say because, listen, they won the game yesterday. No, they didn't. Uh, yes, they did. No, they didn't. A 63-yard field goal beat them. He pulls it out of his backside out of nowhere. They were. It was the best sign of life we've seen from the Giants all year. Now, listen, I still get seduced by how good the players are. They have uh-huh. fantastic players. And we'll see what the Redskins do tonight. Let me put it that way. The Eagles ain't scaring anybody. Cowboys ain't scaring anybody. If the Eagles, if the Redskins rather put up a brick tonight, it's anybody's division. Right. Anybody's division. And by the way, they beat the Panthers yesterday. I'm 63 yards. Get out of here. <laughs> Odell, you gotta be you kidding me? 63 yards. I'm gonna take the Giants, okay? Nobody's taking the Raiders. Not me. I don't, it's got to be one of these teams that have, I mean, it, it, come, it can come out of nowhere and it can be any of those teams. That's why I refuse to pick one. Remember the Dolphins when Tannehill won like eight of nine games and ago. they started sure. in this position? Mm-hmm. They were the last team to do it. No one hmm. saw that coming under Tannehill. So yeah. I still think that there's plenty of hope. But we are here to talk now about surprises, mm-hmm. things that, you know, we call our shots. But game after game, we're still learning. I want to know which team has surprised you guys most. Maybe after week five, maybe after all season. I would say the Chiefs for me. Um, leading into the season, I always make a comparison to what was it like last year? What was I wa- watching with the Chiefs? And Alex Smith and that offense, they looked fantastic. I just thought, man, that chemistry. It's hard. It's going to be hard for Patrick Mahomes, who we haven't seen on the field, to come in and have that same type of energy. And it's not just the same type of energy. He's taking it up a notch. You, know, you look at plays like this, the Tyreek Hills. 
looked more explosive than anybody on the field. Travis Kelsey was basically unstoppable. Kareem Hunt is finally getting his rhythm. So they surprised me in a way that I'm all in. I asked Shrey's a few weeks ago. I said, is there room on that on. bus? Because I want to be on the bandwagon. So it's the Chiefs surprising in such a good way. I hate being negative, but the biggest surprise to me is just how boring and inefficient and lame it is to watch the Cowboys. The Cowboys, to me, are the biggest surprise. I thought they're on primetime all these times. Zeke's coming back. They have a plan at wide receiver. They don't. They're boring. They're stale. Last night was not fun to watch. And the opposite of that, for me, it's the Browns that are most surprising because they're maybe the most watchable team. All of their games no come down to one possession. They've gone to overtime three times already. They've got personalities like Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward doing his thing, being a rookie, putting himself on the map. When you see the Hard Knocks teams, mm -hmm. Kyle, you don't ever expect it to pan out that it's just no. as exciting, and it is for the Browns. And I don't expect the Cincinnati Bengals to ever pan out, but they're my team. They're in first place. They already beat the Ravens. They were down 17-0 against the Dolphins. It came all the way back. Next week, the Steelers come to town, and then they go at KC. Oh, really? So some big matchups coming. I like the Bengals. Guys, so many impressive things happened on the field, off the field, in the locker rooms yesterday. Most impressive win, though, Drakes. It's funny because we're talking about Odell, talking about the Giants. The Panthers just had a heck of a win. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Panthers, this was an incredible win. And I'll tell you something. I spoke with Ron Rivera, and he had an amazing story for me. He said special teams came to him during the offseason and said, hey, we'd like to be, you know, recognized a little bit more. Maybe you can introduce us out of the tunnel one time. They've never done this, the Panthers. Home game. Oh, wasn't yeah. the offense. wasn't the defense. The special teams before the game oh, comes cool. coming out. Of the that's Love awesome. that. Colin Jones, the special teams captain, had a C on his jersey. So special teams set the tone to start the that's week. Great. Here they are. Game on the line. Everyone thinks they're going to go to overtime or throw a Hail Mary with Cam's big arm. And Chase Blackburn, a former Giants sure. special teams icon, is now the special teams coordinator in Carolina, looks at Ron Rivera and says, Graham could hit it from 65 yards. Graham can do it. Trust Graham. In the same way I loved Sean McVay trusting his offense and going for it on that fourth down, I love Ron Rivera trusting his special teams, putting it on the foot of Graham Gano, who was a Pro Bowl kicker last year, and Graham Gano nailing one from 63 yards away to put that team 3-1 and one going into week six. I love the Panthers win yesterday. I know Odell's the big story right now mm -hmm. here in New York, but the confidence he has in all three phases is what I take away from that game. Very impressive victory from the Panthers and very impressive from Ron Rivera, a defensive coach at heart, to say, you know what? Let's go. Let's trust our special teams, and they got the job done. I love that. Uh, from the perspective of all three phases of football, how about the Bills over the Titans? You know, they didn't put too much pressure on the young quarterback, Josh Allen. Didn't have a huge game. I believe he was 10 for 19, had the interception. He did rush for this touchdown, as we're seeing right here. LaShawn McCoy stepped up big. Uh, Pass catchers made a few plays for them, but that defense, though, they came in and they shut down the offense. Of course, there were some plays that the Titans would love back. I mean, there was that drop by Nick Williams and Mariota is probably still talking to him about. But the simple fact that in a week where the Titans were saying, we need more respect, and you called him out last week and you said, this is what the country thinks about you. Kyle sat there, looked into the camera and said, Titans, you're asking for respect, but this is what everybody thinks about you. And you know what? Kyle was right because of games just like this. Yeah. The moment we start to trust you, the moment we start to say the Titans are for real is the moment you lose to a team that you're supposed to beat. So I don't want to sit there and say the Titans gave that one away. I'm going to say the Bills went out there and earned Nicely a done. tough victory in the defense, the defense of the Bills. You guys were the anchor. You guys were the anchor to help that young fella get another win under his belt. Just think about this. They beat the Vikings a couple weeks ago. They beat the Titans. With the top teams in this league. Yeah. So shout out to the Bills, man. I see what you guys are doing. Impressive that all four rookie quarterbacks got wins yesterday. Josh Allen among them. For me, it's in the NFC North because Aaron Rodgers is 13-3 and against the Lions going into this game. He runs the show against the Lions. 
The fact that the Lions could get a win over the Packers, what a way to go into your bye week. So impressive for them. They sacked Rodgers four times. They stripped him twice. It just doesn't happen. And Mm -hmm. defensively, they've stepped up. I feel like they keep showing us in these moments that they're balanced, that they can do it all. LeGarrette Blunt just did his job, old Patriot style. He showed up, and he had those two one-yard touchdowns. That's what he does. Carryon Johnson had another great game, got a little bit banged up, but he he's averaging 5.7 yards a pop, mm-hmm. guys, on the season. Kenny Galladay, we talk about him on the show a little bit. He still does not get enough love here. Four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. This is a top 15 wide receiver in the National Football League right now. So Lions in a game where track record and everything sort of was against you, you pulled off another big one against another big team and big quarterback. Lions deserve their props. I'll bring it back to New York because we're talking about Odell this and Odell that. There's another football team here, and they wear green, and they actually won a game. Why don't we look here? Here we have, here we owe again, terrible pun, 76-point font, all the way at the top in this much smaller font. We don't even get a player. Isaiah Crowell has the best rushing game in Jets history and doesn't even get his picture on the newspaper. It's a generic fan shot. And meanwhile, we're saying Baker Mayfield's incredible. Josh Allen, Sam Darnold threw for three touchdowns. They put up 34 points in a win. They won the game. Odell's great. Credit to the Jets. Gang Green, have a day. You know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it, right, than seeing a doctor. Well, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com goodmorning, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. For free online visit, go to GetRoman.com goodmorning. That's GetRoman.com goodmorning for a free online visit. OBJ has said Thursday night can't come soon enough. If he plays well and the Giants win, it will be forgotten. Now, they say learning is a treasure that follows its owner forever. So, with that said, let's break open some buried treasure and find out what the gang learned after all the action from Week 5. Another week of NFL action is in the books. Why don't we each go around and talk about what we learned to put a bow on week five. Nathaniel Eugene Burleson, you're up. All right, let's do this. So what I learned this week is a simple one, guys. Um, Spanish makes everything sound Talk about it. It happens a lot in music. All right, think about it. Would Despacito Mm -hmm. have been the song of the summer if it was just called Slowly? Would Living La Vida Loca been as big of a hit if it was just called Living the crazy life? No, probably not. I mean, Ricky Martin is damn talented. The same is true for football, and this week gave us a prime example. We all saw Graham Gano's 63-yard game-winning field goal against the Giants. Let's take a listen to the call. Ball is placed down. Gano from 63 yards out. It is good. One of the best. <laughs> all right. That was, that was good. Solid call. Exciting. Kenny pro. Albert. Legendary. Pro's pro. Right? <laughs> Even kill. All right, let, let's take that same play, but in Spanish. 
Tiene altura, tiene profundidad, va a llegar, va a llegar. ¡Ganó, lo ganó! 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 ¡Señor! ¡Ganó, lo ganó! ¡Ganó, lo ganó! ¡Ya se le va, le voy a los trates! ¡Cállate, cállate, cállate! ¡Ganón! ¡Ganón! Buenos dias, Panthers. All right, I know you guys are feeling that. So to, to further prove my point, let's take a look at one of my highlights way back from 2007. No. All right, check it out. First down and 10 at the 22. Hasselback looks back side, fires, Burleson. Touchdown, Seattle. Great throw, perfectly timed. Right in the window where it needed to be. Burleson wasn't going to let that one go. Helmet all big. There we go. Exciting? Yes, of course. Legendary call, but could it be a little bit better? Now let's give it that good old-fashioned Spanish treatment. Hola, amigos. Me, me amo, Nate Burleson. ¿Dónde está biblioteca? Actually, you know what? I, I, I don't speak Spanish, no. Um, I actually learned Mandarin. So what I thought is um, I'm going to reach out to my brother. Uh, mi amigo, uh, Will. <laughs> there he is. Hey, yeah. Help us out with a little what I learned the Spanish way. Listo? Listo, Nate? Aquí lo hacemos ahorita. Seattle con el balón. Ahorita. Falta. Un minuto, seis segundos. Tiene presión. Matt Hasselbeck lanza un pase larguísimo. La capturó. La capturó. Touchdown, Burleson. Gran pase de Hasselbeck para Burleson. El receptor más explosivo de la NFL. Agarró dormida la defensiva de los Bengals. ¡Qué juegazo dio Nate Burleson! Ah, ah. Hey! ¡La cabra! Yes, indeed, you are the GOAT. Thank Mil you, gracias. Will Silva. I appreciate that. That Mil is my point nada, amigos. And Gano oh means win or won in Spanish. That's what it means. Salvador, so, champion. The yeah. point is, I feel like we need a little bit more Spanish in our football. And for all the kids out there learning Spanish, especially young men, you're coming home saying, this is tough. It's going to be great when you're speaking over sports. More importantly, it's great with the ladies. Oh! Hey, hey now. That's more hair. The more you know. <laughs> uh, what I learned. All right, so Sunday afternoon, just a few hours after notching his first ever win as an NFL head coach, Steve Wilkes was sitting on the Cardinals team plane, ready to take off when his phone rang, and the call was from a familiar friend, his former boss, Ron Rivera. Just after his own dramatic victory, Rivera called Wilkes to congratulate him and said, you know, you're never going to forget your first. But I think Steve Wilkes might because I think the 2018 Cardinals are pretty good. Okay. And they're far better than that one in four division cellar dweller mm-hmm. spot they're in now. And instead of Rivera, I want Steve Wilkes to look to Bobby Ross as the coach to aspire to. Yes, Bobby Ross. Why Bobby Ross? Because since the playoff system expanded to 12 teams in 1990, only one out of 91 teams in NFL history have started 0-4 and has rebounded to make the playoffs that season. And that team, the 1992 San Diego Chargers, coached by none other than Bobby Ross. I love that 92 Chargers team. Junior Steau, mm. Stan Humphreys, Ronnie Harmon, Leslie O'Neill, mm. Marion Butts. Mm. Hey, baby. And I loved Bobby Ross. He was plucked from the college ranks after a successful stint at Georgia Tech, and Bobby Ross came in, and the first year – as the head coach of San Diego Chargers, got that team to go from 0-4 and believe that they could dig themselves out of that hole, 
win 11 of the next 12 games, and make the playoffs. 90 teams have mm. tried to do it since. Not one has succeeded. Mm. So if mm. ever there was a team, ever there was a year, and ever there was a coach to do it, it's the Arizona Cardinals. It's the 2018 season, and it's Steve Wilkes. Look, that team, they've got a young QB that is improving week to week. He's got the support of all of his teammates. They've got a Hall of Fame receiver and leader in Larry Fitzgerald who's been there, done that. They've got a bunch of really good pieces. David Johnson's really good. Chandler Jones is really good. Christian Kirk is a really good rookie. They can get up and they can turn this thing around. And Steve Wilkes, he is the ultimate leader of men. He has got them already believing they can do this. He wasn't overly excited over Sundays when he acted like they should have done that already. And truthfully, they probably should have. But Wilkes... He was with Ron Rivera in Carolina, San Diego, Chicago. He's been with Ron Rivera for a long time. I love Riverboat Ron, but Riverboat Ron has never taken a team from 0-4 and, mm. and into the playoffs. Bobby Ross has. So Steve Wilkes, hell of a coach, and the team is starting to believe at 1-4, and four, this is the weirdest year in the NFL that we've seen. This team is pretty good, and it's not over yet. Bobby Ross got his guys to do it. Steve Wilkes, I think you can too. Cardinals. I love that. Let's go, go Cardinals. Yes. Love it, ma'am. Make that division interesting out there on the West Coast. The one question that I am absolutely tired of people asking is, why didn't they give it to Marshawn? Yes, here we are in 2018, October, asking ourselves that question yet again. First, some numbers, okay? Since Super Bowl 49, teams have thrown the ball four times at the one-yard line with Marshawn Lynch on the field. Two of those four ended with an interception. Do you know uh, how many of them ended in a score? How many? Zero. Mm. Now, people, you know, people always say your best teacher is your last mistake, uh -huh. right? So let's take a look at the last four mistakes and learn a little something together okay. as a collective okay. in this ecosystem, Shrey, right. of the NFL. This, of course, the most famous one. I mean, come on, Super Bowl now 49, go. Russell Wilson moving the Seahawks downfield, game-winning drive, Jermaine Curse, that incredible catch, yada, yada, yada. Butler did it. They're at the Patriots 5, four-yard run, they throw, the rest mm. is history. Confetti not green, but red, white, and blue. Next year, week seven, Russell Wilson still doesn't learn his lesson, guys. He tries to throw oh, no. at the one. Incomplete. That's this not is, Russell, though. That's ridiculous. Play caller. Who do they hand it off to on the next play? Marshawn. What does he do then? Score. He scores a touchdown. <laughs> Listen, it's not just Russell Wilson either. Let's stop bothering number three here. Derek Carr's neglected Marshawn at the one-two. Here he is last year. Attempting, attempting to get it to Jared Cook, right? It's ruled incomplete. Whoa. Why aren't you giving it to Marshawn? Two plays later, Marshawn, what does he do? He score. He runs it in for a <laughs> score. Uh, that brings us to this week. How does this keep happening? Derek Carr and the Raiders okay. trying to close the gap on the Chargers. First to one, at the one. What are you doing? He, thro he throws it to Melvin Ingram, uh, who ball grabs ball. it for the interception. I learned simply that we have learned. Nothing when it comes to Marshawn Lynch. Nothing. Nothing! <laughs> Do we learn now? No, probably not. You think it's not. still broken? You're right. This is come on. It's nuts. And early on in the series too. It's not like fourth down, desperation play, throw it. Isn't that why you get him? Marshawn. It's unbelievable. This I is, lost this my like, voice <laughs> screaming. Nothing. Just give it to him. Just Raiders fans screaming the same thing. I think this, Keyshawn, this is Fowler, you're not wrong. Keyshawn needs to reach Thank out to Marshawn you. so he can write a book. Just give me the damn ball. Give me the damn Nothing. ball. Marshawn Lynch. That's incredible. Un día podremos contarle a las nuevas generaciones que vimos a Nate Burleson vivir un día de ensueño. So translation here, one day we'll tell new generations that we saw Nate live a dream-filled day. And that's what he does every morning on Good Morning Football, right? 
Well, we're always hearing headlines about players like Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown, but the league is full of personalities who don't usually get the love they deserve. And that's where Good Morning Football comes in. Let's find out the stories we should have been paying attention to with this week's Underappreciated Storylines. Nate, what do you got? I got something for you, Kay. All right, so for my Underappreciated Storyline, I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know what you're thinking, Nate, how could the Chiefs possibly be underappreciated? That's like calling Kyle Brandt undercaffeinated. You know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> well, I'm not here to tell you about the Chiefs' incredible offense or go on a two minute monologue about how Patrick Mahomes is the future, like some people. Uh, <laughs> Traeger. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that defense. Yes, that's right. Now, let's get one thing out of the way. The first four games, the Chiefs did. It wasn't exactly great. We all know they allowed an average of 29 points per game, um, and they only had three defensive takeaways. But that's all in the past, baby. It was a different story in week five against the Jacks. Keep in mind, one of the most highly anticipated matchups of the weekend, the Chiefs allowed just 14 points and had one, two, three, four, five. Five takeaways. That is so true. That's a great game, right? I didn't even mention the one, two, three, four, five, five times they sacked Blake Bortles. As we all know about the NFL, it's a what have you done for me lately league. And that Chiefs defense lately, it looks absolutely legit. Just look at the numbers. This was this past weekend, and they got busy. Listen, this season, that Chiefs defense, they beat future Hall of Famer mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers. Future Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger. They have Tom Brady next on the list. Will he be the latest one to hold that KCL? I say absolutely. Mm. I feel like the Chiefs are going to get another win and put another superstar and legend on their hit list. Okay. Oh, man. Shout out to the Chiefs D. You. you guys are not appreciated enough, and yeah. I'm going to show you some love. There, that's, that was the only question about the Chiefs for me. The offense, no questions about the offense. It's the defense. They stepped up when it counted, forcing those turnovers, and they're having fun, too. They felt themselves. Steve Nelson with that interception, first of his career, by the way, the whole uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, it was great. He also had a bit of edge. Like, we were talking about it. Chris Jones gets thrown out of the game for punching yeah. someone, and D. Ford gets thrown out of the game we for saw. taunting someone. They're like – Enough. Yeah. What about our defense? Yeah. We're here also. Yeah. Chiefs defense has some bite to it. It's mm-hmm. no finesse team. No, they're not. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a lot to chew on there, guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to my underappreciated is uh, I'll explain. Pittsburgh Steelers special teams coach Danny Smith. I love this gentleman. This is a guy, a uh, salt of the earth coaches coach type guy. This is a special teams coordinator now for there he is for 18 seasons. Bills, Redskins, Steelers. One of the guys you just love to, to coach your son, you coach your daughter. He says, I take great pride in coaching and teaching. I'm a teacher out here. That's exactly what you want. Born and raised in Pittsburgh, coached at Central Catholic High School, coached Dan Marino when Dan Marino was there. And after all that great accomplishment, all that coaching, all that teaching, he finally got famous this weekend. And what did Coach Smith get famous for? For that. <laughs> Look at the wad in that guy's cheek. Oh there are goodness, 374 gracious. trillion sticks of gum made every year <laughs> on the planet Earth. And I think all but six of them are in Coach Smith's mouth there. People could not get enough of how much hubba bubba bazooka bubblicious bubble ease Coach Smith was working with. And he's joining the ranks of the truly great gum guys. These are the old gum slingers, as I call it. <laughs> He's a big-time gun guy. He's yeah. here to score some points and shoot some trident all sure. day, every day. You will not find paint on the sideline without gum. 
But with every great one, there's always, with every group of superheroes, there's always the Flash. There's the Flash. He goes through 60 chews per second. That's my next gum stats on Pete Carroll. Just flying through. That piece is worn out before it even hits his molars. Pete Carroll's really one of the greats. And Danny Smith is joining the ranks. Guys, before we finish, we're all enjoying some gum here as, as well. Excellent. I want to put Danny Smith on my Mount Gummore. These are the greatest gum chewers of all time. Got? Are you ready? Left position. You know him. You love him. Everybody knows his music. Moms, dads, kids. Ew. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl is always, always with a big fat wad of gum. Black t-shirt, black pants, dresses like it? Matt Hamilton. He sings. He'll sing through whatever you want. Everlong, bridges burning, giving a fly. Always has a piece of gum. Next up. Oakland A. Michael Taylor. Let me tell you why. Michael Taylor was once a guy who injured himself and had to be removed from the season because of a piece of gum. <laughs> Took the gum out, threw it, really? his hand hit a sprinkler on top of the season, ah, cut, and it's 100% true. Next, remember Violet Beauregard from the Chocolate Factory? There she is, Denise Nixon. I think that's her name. One of the legendary, oh, I got a blueberry for a daughter. I know she's wearing a blue dress. And then finally, Danny Smith, the Pittsburgh Steelers special teams coach. Still, look at another <laughs> shot of him there with that big old thing of Bubble tape in the cheek. Danny Smith, great coach, great chewer. Nate, you're grimacing. Are you okay? Bring up Burleson. There's a lot of work. That <laughs> <laughs> jaw's working hard. How many you got? How many you got? I got the jawline. And if you've listened to the show, Nate looks out of jaw a lot later, talking. So when, it's amazing. You can save oh, it for later, right? Wild, How many? Whoa, look at that sloth. Save it for later. You got cool? a slug on nah. your mug. Ah. Peter, you've always got something good for us. Yeah, I gave a little nibble of it yesterday on yesterday's show. I alluded to the butterfly effect of Drew Brees' NFL career and the what-ifs that accompany it every step along the journey. So I said, you know what, I got a couple minutes here. Let's go a little deeper today. Let's okay. start. Got 2001 NFL Draft. The Chargers have the number one overall pick. They trade their first overall pick to the Falcons for Atlanta's fifth overall, Tim DeWhite, and two additional selections. So with their fifth overall pick, San Diego takes LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm. And with their second round pick that year, they took Drew Brees. That kind of built their franchise from the next 10 years. What if they didn't make that trade, though? Is Drew Brees drafted elsewhere? Is LaDainian Tomlinson a Falcons legend? Does Michael Vick play quarterback for the San Diego Chargers? Hmm. What if Drew Brees is stuck somewhere else? What if Drew Brees is drafted and he's sitting, I don't know, behind Drew Bledsoe or he's sitting behind one of these great other NFL quarterbacks, Peyton Manning? Does he ever get a shot? It's a lot to think about. That's the first what if. Okay, let's go to 2004. The Chargers, they take Phillip Rivers in the NFL draft. But Drew Brees doesn't just give him the job. He fights like hell and has some of the best years of his career. Hangs on. Then the final weekend of the 2005 season, Brees separates his shoulder. Yep. And the official decision is it's time to move on. It's time to stick with Rivers. So what happens to Brees? Brees has to go somewhere next. He visits with the Miami Dolphins. And he and then head coach Nick Saban, there he is, the Dolphins Saban, hit it off. They have a great meeting. The deal is all but inked until the doctors poked and prodded and looked at Drew Brees' shoulder and nixed it. So what happens next? Well, Brees goes elsewhere. But what if Drew Brees was a Dolphin? Does Nick Saban ever leave Miami for Ooh. Alabama? Mm. Do we get Alabama as we know it now in the possibly weird. the greatest dynasty of modern college football mm -hmm. history if Drew Brees and Nick Saban are winning games in South Florida instead? And let's go a bit deeper. What if Drew Brees is the quarterback of the Dolphins? Do we never get the Wildcat? <laughs> Do we never get this? This is what's really interesting. If Drew Brees is in Miami... Yeah. Do the Patriots win 11 of the last 12 oh. division titles? Does Tom Brady have all these incredible home playoff okay. wins if he's forced to play Drew Brees twice a season instead of oh. whoever the Dolphins have had in the division? Oh. And then what about the Saints? No. 
Do the Saints ever win a Super Bowl without Drew Brees? Do we have the same careers for Sean Payton, Reggie Bush, Deuce McAllister, Jonathan Vilma, and all the other Saints superstars of the past 15 years without Drew Brees? Okay, let's go one step further. What about short quarterbacks? Okay. Is Russell Wilson given a shot if Drew Brees didn't succeed in the Saints? Does Baker Mayfield ever get taken first overall without all the Drew Brees comparisons that are made before him? Okay, what about people with birthmarks on their face? Go <laughs> on, who you got? Okay. If you've all got right. a big birthmark on your face, do you have a shot to be a star without Drew Brees doing it despite that? What about people who wear Wrangler jeans? Uh, okay. Go on. They have go on. They don't do it with irony. Do they? Okay, what about the Minneapolis Miracle? <laughs> what if about Drew Brees it? isn't able to take the Saints all the way back and get that to the last second of that game, do we even have Stephon Diggs, or is it just a 30-0 blowout for the Vikings? I'll tell you what, what if, what if, what if, none of it matters. Drew Brees is a saint. He's the all-time leader in passing yards, and we're all better <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, he is. Don't worry about what if, the butterfly effect, who cares? Nick Saban's in Alabama, Drew Brees, he's in New Orleans. Incredible. My head is like... <laughs> so many offshoots of the, the offshoots. One glaring omission from KB's segment, sorry KB, but I had to point it out, Browns GM John Dorsey. He shows no mercy on that gum. Just ask Baker Mayfield does a killer impression of him. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.